Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On the show today, episode number 43. Uh, we got the MLB playoffs and our St. Louis Cardinals firing Mike Schilt. Uh, college football upsets again. Uh, we got NBA drama as the season kicks off tonight, Tuesday night. Uh, we've got a recap of week six and we have a preview of week seven, which is already nuts because there's six teams on by this week. So it's going to be crazy. Uh, email us at dsethepodcast at gmail.com, at dsepodcast on Twitter, dsethepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us five stars, Apple Podcasts, to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we read it on the pod. That's the deal. All right. All of that out of the way. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Roman, and alongside me tonight and every night is a guy who does not have, quote-unquote, philosophical differences with me about the direction of the podcast, Tim Reinhardt. Welcome, Tim. How, how do you know that? <laughs> well, it hasn't, <laughs> been, it hasn't been leaked to the, uh, to the press yet. So. Man. This has been like a weird week of of leaks in baseball. Now that you mentioned that, the the leaks about the Mets job, right? Like uh, um, uh, the Brewers not letting them interview one of their guys. Mike Schilt gets fired. You know, and we find that out through the media first um, <clears throat> before the the actual press conference. It's been a wild uh, for for a lot of teams that aren't playing. Uh, it's been a wild few days. And I know the Mike Schultz stuff was announced on game the night, uh, the day of game five between the Dodgers and the Giants, which is so, a weird time. You you usually don't. That's like, what was it? It was like a rod announcing his massive contract or something like that. Um, yeah, they on, had to, the they had to World ask series or something. They had to ask MLB whether they could, you know, get the permission to announce it that, you know, it's, they were in that much of a hurry that they couldn't wait for an off day to announce it. So, um, so yeah, so the Cardinals kind of out of the blue, uh, as far as all of us are concerned, fire their head coach, head coach, coach, I don't know, manager, whatever they call it. Um, Mike Schilt, uh, after a couple of seasons, um, including this last one where they won about 16, 17 games in a row and, uh, made the playoffs and had a good run lost to the Dodgers, uh, in the, in the wildcard game, but, you know, seem to have some, some pretty good vibes, uh, going into the off season, about three, the team. three years of managing. So he took over in 2018, right? Yep. Halfway through they finished strong. Uh, th- that was a lost team. I remember like we, we were very disappointed with that, with that group and they had a good finish to the season. I don't believe they made the playoffs that year. Um, right. but 2019 shortened season, 2020, this season they make the play-in game or you know the wild card game. Uh, that's that's there are teams. Listen, I listen to a lot on New York sports radio. I can tell you right now that there are two New York team fans that would just adore Mike Schilt right now. Um, right, you know, so like they, they or they love that run of um, of three playoff appearances in a row, even if it was just a playing game. You know, right, you think the, you think the Mets are sitting around like. You know, they, that's exactly what they want. Now, obviously, you'd like to go further and win it. Um, and we can get into what you think the philosophical differences might be um, 
but uh, it is, it's an, it, neither of us saw this coming. I don't think. Right. And I, it was interesting to me that it was kind of a split between the front office and, and Schilt that kind of came to a head in a meeting or, or something. It was, it was not something that was building up over years. And the interesting thing to me about it was that Schilt was installed as the bench coach, as kind of the front office's eyes and ears when Mike Matheny was the head coach. And then he was elevated um, as kind of like, oh, this is the front office's guy. Like he's, he'll, he'll work with them closely. Like, it was it was proposed as all chummy chummy at that point. You know? I remember you telling me when I was like, "Who is Mike Schilt?" When they hired him as interim, and you're like, "They've been this has been something they've been kind of thinking about for a while." Um, you, you had sort of insinuated that he's been their guy that was being groomed for this role when the inevitable Mike Matheny um, exodus happened. Right. And I think he was installed like almost as a spy in, in the in the clubhouse, you know, because Matheny wasn't really doing what the front office wanted. And they gave Matheny like how many years? Eight years? Like <laughs> right. many years more than they should have when the philosophical differences between those two uh, sets seemed, you know, bigger than than what we have here. Um, so. Yeah, so I, I quoted at the beginning, the reason for the, the firing was philosophical differences. Right. Um, you know, nobody is really uh, clarifying what that means. Um, so, you know, I think there's there's some tea leaves, I guess, that you can read in that none of the other coaches were fired. Um, you know, none of the other bench coaches, hitting coach, uh, right. You know, and, and the the hitting coach Jeff Albert is is pretty infamous as being kind of a new new age, new analytical kind of hitting coach. Um, so it's it's not. So yeah. what do we think these different? It's not like he was Mike Matheny and and asking Carlos Beltran to bunt. You know, like this is it, it does. So you mentioned like maybe a meeting. It sounds like maybe there was. Am I wrong in, in thinking there was maybe like an exit interview where things kind of got got hot and it just happened? Right. Yeah. I, I, I find it hard to believe that um, things didn't get hot. I think the, <laughs> things probably got a little hot. And as we've seen from, um, you know, any of the John Boy media um, lip readings. Yeah, Mike, Mike Schultz can get hot. He can, yeah, he can, he can use get, some, some four letter words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that's possible that that was, I don't know, but like, I think s something happened in a meeting or, you know, like it, that went past the point of no return. Um, I, I think, you know, that I know that from what the tea leaves say is that he wanted more like investment in the team in at the trade deadline, not Wade LeBlanc and, uh, J.A. Happ and, yeah. you know, John Lester. Right. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, Bernie Miklas, uh, is pretty plugged in around St. Louis yeah. and he speculated that, you know, I, I think it, it comes down to maybe the front office wanting to do more of a, um, analytical type approach. Um, and, maybe she'll not wanting to do it that way. Um, but also there's the staff thing and like, it's, it's all very weird. I don't have any answers to it, but you know, the philosophical differences is a cover. So I don't read too much into that, 
I just think that they had a disagreement about something that boiled over. Is it possible that like they they know something about him that we don't yet? I, um, not, not like a Gruden yeah. thing, but like something that that we just don't know that they're. I don't know. I, I'm just. Yeah, I I don't I don't think so. Uh, my my guess is is that um, it was just something where he tried to kind of play a play a hand mm. that maybe he didn't have. Right? He's, you know, we got to do this or else. You know, or we got to get rid of this person and do it this way or else, you know, and then they were like, you know, or else what? And, you know, that or else happened. That's you when know? the F that's when the F bombs start coming. In. <laughs> that's right. when the F bombs start coming. Yeah. In and it's like, OK, I, 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 I do agree then, you know? that I think it is a baseball related issue that that somehow maybe blew up to be bigger and. I don't know, perhaps there were fractures there that we just didn't know about. Uh, right. The whole yeah, time. And, yeah, and I think there was uh, there was some fractures probably certainly uh, this season at the trade deadline. And, you know, uh, it, and it maybe comes down to, you know, I'm reminded of myself when, um, like, my son talks back to me. And I'm like, okay, you lose one thing, right? Keep talking, you lose more stuff, right? And <laughs> yeah. he keeps talking because he can't stop talking. When, you know, when he's upset, he's going to keep coming back at me. And I'm like, okay, that's two things. Okay, that's three things. Like, he keeps going and go, and maybe he just kept going and going. And you know what? Maybe said, it's all. You, that's it. That's three, three, three you're, strikes. You're so out. Speak, yeah. You know? yeah. You're grounded. So, so uh, I don't know where they go from here. He se- certainly seemed like a good coach. Um, yeah. I, my guess is they fill it with somebody internally that, again, like Mike Schilt, we haven't really heard of. I, I've um, been, I read something. About like a Skip Schumacher maybe being considered. He's with San Diego, I think. Yeah, right? he was on their bench. Yeah. Um, there's also Stubby Clap, which is yep. one of the best best names in sports. Great, great um, name uh, on the Cardinals bench, and uh, Okendo, Oliver Marmol, um, Yadier Molina is openly campaigning for a Puerto Rican manager. So, mm-hmm. yep, I saw that. Um, obviously, Okendo would fit that bill. Um, but uh, Okendo stayed back in jupiter as like a kind of instructor so he didn't have to travel as much so i don't know if he would be up for it right but, if that's what he wants um, at this stage yeah. right yeah so we'll we'll keep we'll keep our eyes on that uh so to speak um and, and kind of see where that that goes but definitely a um an interesting big baseball shakeup, uh, one that we didn't expect up. yeah yeah absolutely so um in in I guess the shakeups that we did expect um, in the playoffs, we expected uh, one team to be eliminated between the Dodgers and the Giants in Game Five of the NLDS, and um, the Giants were eliminated. They were um, on on kind of a well. The last uh, strike was a questionable, I guess to say the best. Uh, that was um, not in no world is that In no <laughs> world did that. I I would have been. Few. I mean, not that you know. Look, there was there was twenty six other outs that contribute to this. So like, you can't just blame that moment. Having said that, that's a terrible way for that game to end. Right. And, and, you know, check swing is always like, again, we're talking about weird baseball rules again, just like last week, um, as they always seem to come up, but, um, as the Dodgers just tied it five to five, as I had the baseball game on in the background, as probably you do too. I do. Um, so, uh, 
the check swing is like not really that defined um, of it, a rule. It's not defined, period. There's no, okay. to my understanding, there is no rule. Like it's it's a purely subjective, you hear the hands break, the, but that's, that's a flawed, uh, a flawed logic because you could totally swing without ever breaking your hands. Uh, does the barrel of the bat cross the plate? But that's not really it. I like, so it, it's one of those things like it's totally subjective. Uh, I think one thing we do know is that what happened for the last out, that was not a swing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it was O2, I think. Um, so with nobody on, I don't, it's not going to make a big difference. Um, but certainly a disappointing way to end a season for the Giants. They're kind of magical run. Yep. The turns back into a pumpkin. Um, so that uh, the Dodgers move on and they they are currently facing um, the Atlanta Braves and Atlanta uh, went up two nothing. Obviously yep. Atlanta was the home team. So they had their first two games at home. Right. Um, even though what we talked about last week, LA won a lot more games than them. Um, so the Braves were winning and now it's tied five to five uh, in the, Bottom of the Cody Bellinger so. home run in the bottom of the eighth inning uh, yeah. ties that game. Yeah, so that one makes that one a little bit more interesting um, yep. as the Dodgers try to crawl back in that one. Sure does. Um, the other series is I don't have it in front of me. Got the Red Sox um, uh, hosting Houston right now. Um, they're up two to one after a uh, just an absolute onslaught last night. Um, I think it was nine to nothing in the third inning. Um, yep. Another grand slam home run by the Red Sox. Um, so they're, they're feeling good. Um, we, we said it uh, several weeks ago, look out for these wild card teams. They get hot, they're dangerous. Um, and of course, both of them are left. Uh, both yeah. of them are left in these, these series. And um, obviously the Red Sox are ahead. The Dodgers are not, but you know, I think the Dodgers have shown they can rattle off four straight wins whenever they want. So um, right. they're I, not out of that at all. I, I wish we I had looked at it before, but I would be interested in the series prices. Uh, if you were betting on the Dodgers to win the series, I wonder what number um, you, you'd get before this game. Even with the yeah. Dodgers down 2 nothing, I wonder what the belief is with the um, um, with the Braves. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not. I haven't seen anything on that, um, but I imagine you probably could get some good value. Yeah, absolutely. The I I know the Dodgers were were heavy favorites to, to, to initially, yeah. yeah, and to win this game because a lot of people didn't think that they were going to lose two game two game or three games in a row. Um, but now it's tied five right. five and, and at home as well and at home exactly. So we'll see how that one that one shakes out. But I think the Braves are certainly the underdogs um, here, and it's. I, I'll root for the underdogs, um, and I'm glad to see them go up to nothing. This one certainly makes that more interesting with yeah. the Dodgers trying to climb back into it. I think that – do you have out of the four teams, do you have a team that you're kind of pulling for that you've adopted? Not not really. To be perfectly honest, these are four of the teams that I was rooting kind of against, I guess, in mm. the last round. Um, so, I, I – I guess I'm going to hold my nose and say the Braves probably. I yeah, guess. I think for me too. I I, um, I just like the story. Best player goes down, uh, still goes out and wins the division, and you know makes a makes a little run here. So I think that's a that's a fun story to get behind. Yep, absolutely. So 
Um, all right, there's a Braves podcast going forward. So, yep. All right, um, there it is. So we've cursed it by them giving up three runs while we were recording, yep. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll wait till wait till they see our NFL picks and they'll they'll regret exactly. being our official our official team of our podcast. Um, all right, so MLB out of the way. Uh, just before we dive into well. College football or NBA first? What do you want to talk about? Well, let's do college football quick um, because that was a little shakeup at the top um, with Iowa losing. And really for the first time in I don't know how long um, we have a non-Power 5 team that is uh, ranked in not just the top 10, but the top 2 in the AP poll. Uh, not in the coaches' poll, and I'm not entirely certain what games the coaches are watching that they ranked Oklahoma higher. Um, but Cincinnati looks like a – they look like a Big Ten team. Um, you know, beating – crushing teams that they need to, beating the good teams that are on their schedule like Notre Dame. Um, and I would expect them to be around for a little while. So I remember them – having a really good, you know, last year they were knocking on the door of the playoffs as well. Yeah. And they were a little, um, aggrieved not being in it. And they got a, I believe they played, uh, they played a big team in the, in their bowl game. They played um, Georgia. I want to, yeah, Georgia. That sounds right. And, and they lost to Georgia at like the last second, one of the right. most exciting games of the, of the, of the bowl season. Uh, yeah. The bowl season last year, I was definitely pulling hard for them in that game and it didn't come through, but, um, they, you know, they, they are in the AAC. Their only ranked opponent left is um, SMU, SMU, November 20th. Yeah. yeah. So they it's not without uh, – um, it's certainly within the realm of possibility that they could go to um, the playoff and be undefeated. Yeah. And, and Do they have a, they have a conference final? They do in the AAC, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they've got a good quarterback whose name is is slipping my mind as, as I speak about him. Yeah. Um, what is uh Desmond Ritter? Ritter, Desmond yeah. Ritter? I was gonna say yeah. Riddle, but it's Ritter. Yeah. Um, he looks real solid, he's a great runner, great thrower. Um, and I, I mean, Luke Fickle, he's he, I guess, you know, being a bit of a homer, he's uh, an Ohio State product. He he coached the team at Ohio State for a year when um, uh, Jim Tressel was suspended or when he got fired before. Urban Meyer came in and they did okay, learned a few things and served under uh, or coached under Meyer for several years. And now he, he really seems to have built a, a really good program there. Um, and they're, they're just pumping opponents. You know, they're, they're going out and beating uh, big 10 teams like Iowa or excuse me, uh, like um, Indiana 38 to 24. They beat Notre Dame 24 to 13. And that game was not, not as close as that score indicates. You know, and they're they're handily taking care of the cupcakes that are on their schedule, like good teams do, um, which is something that you know Iowa couldn't do. So, you know, granted, there's a little bit of a difference between say Temple and uh, Purdue, but if you're Iowa, you got to beat you you have to beat Purdue. You just have to at home, especially. Um, and uh, they didn't do that, and you know, Cincinnati Bearcats are doing that, and it's kind of cool to cool to watch one of these mid-major technically schools um even though i think they're going into the big 12 and uh, eventually um one of these one of these schools makes some noise it's, it's fun for college football 
Yeah, and they may be a free agent with what we've talked about, about the Big 12 fall, falling apart. Um, yeah, it'll be good. You know, I, I always think about the um, when I used to play like NCAA football 2012 or something like that, where you would build up, a, I like to build up a small program. And then to, like, it feels like the year that you have a big push, then the next year you're much higher ranked. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like yeah. they are not just graded on their work this year, but also people are still thinking about last year, right? Yep. Or, or when they, when they made a, a good challenge to be in there as well. So, you know, that push last year always um, will help teams in their future year. So, um, and, and, you know, obviously Iowa lost to Purdue to drop from number two to, to make that spot available for Cincinnati. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, I, I forget who said it, but one of the kind of the analytical people that, that covers football was looking at teams and said, you know, the the way to judge a, a really good team is how they handle the bad teams. The really, really good teams just absolutely annihilate. Yeah, the they bad pump teams. them. Yeah, right. They don't. It's not like they don't play with them for like a little bit, but they just destroy them 52 to three kind of um, Cincinnati over temple kind of scores. So um, that's what Cincinnati has been doing. And they've also beaten, you know, the good teams that they got on their schedule as well. So um, they have SMU and I would imagine if they have a championship, it would be against somebody like Houston. Um, So it is well within their, their range to uh, get to the playoff. And that would be fun. I'm all for that. We'll we'll learn. I like to see these different, these different matchups, right? That's what you want in a playoff. You want, um, and that's what we love about the NCAA tournament in basketball, right? You get a um, juggernaut like Duke against, I don't know, like Pepperdine, right? You right. get these these two teams Pepperdine, that you don't... great, great <laughs> reference. <laughs> you know, somebody, a smaller school that, you know, against a big school and teams that don't play each other all the time. No offense against Ohio State and Clemson and Oklahoma and Alabama, but we've seen them all play each other quite a bit. Let's Let's shake it up. Yeah, I agree. It it should it, I that's that's the best uh best argument you could make for like an 8 team playoff. Um you're you're always going to have one of those, you know, Cincinnati, Boise State, BYU's, one of these teams that's up there um because there always is one every year uh that's kind of skirting around or, or or flirting with the top 10. Uh you know, I like I like the idea of having eight teams give the Power 5s each one, maybe not the Big 12 anymore once once the Texas and Oklahoma leave and give the highest non-power five ranked team a spot. And then three at larges. It's, it's a, it's a fun, easy uh, way to expand that playoff and have some of those matchups that you're talking about right there. Right. And and that's the, the, you know, I think some of the, the best moments in, in sports is when we've seen the little, the David against the Goliath kind of uh, matchups, you know, sometimes yeah. they, they get uh, splatted <laughs> like a bug on a windshield but other times they you know like i still remember the boise state upset from i don't know what year that was Oklahoma, 2000 uh, 2005 four, yeah. five yeah so yeah. you know i i think those those moments definitely um have a chance to live on um if they give us if they give us that opportunity to watch that game agreed um all right so um speaking of watch that game we've got nba basketball on um started yeah here we go uh, yeah I, I didn't want to do like kind of a a traditional preview like we do for baseball or uh, football uh because it's just a different kind of game um and different kind of season it's a bit of a slog i think we can probably like 
do a preview like around Christmas, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Then we have some idea of kind of what the what it looks like. And, you know, the playoffs are so long in that and so much of a different sport, really, that um, that is the true preview to me, um, previewing the playoffs. So, um, but what the one thing that the NBA does have uh, monopolizes, well, not monopolizes, but has much more than any other sport is drama. And we have our, our fair share of drama in the NBA. Let's go. So, Bring it so on. The, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week, but the the two players that have kind of headlined, headlined the drama lately are, are two players who actually weren't, weren't reporting, weren't on an actual team, um, weren't showing up. So um, number one, we'll talk about, um, well, let's talk about uh, Kyrie Irving because that one seems to be kind of temporarily resolved, not resolved, but in, in a, a state of uh, no news right. um, where well, yeah. obviously he plays for the Brooklyn Nets and Brooklyn is in New York City and New York City made a uh, law that anybody that was um, that covered basketball players playing inside. So if they played inside as the home team, it didn't apply to the away team. Um, but if that was your home office, I guess, um, you have to be vaccinated against COVID-19. To play um, in the games, yes. To play in the games or practice or practice inside So as I well. believe some weird thing uh, got, I don't know if it was like a, I only heard on the radio when I was down in New York uh, the other weekend that the mayor's office declared where the Nets uh, maybe this was bad info. Uh, where the ma- mayor's office declared that where the Nets practice, actually, he would be okay to practice, uh, but that did not make it safe for, or that did not mean he could play in the games. It was something about um, the practices, or the facility, something being different about it. I'm not sure, okay. um, but uh, yeah, it, it, regardless, he can't play in in games. Right. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So basically, it was at the point where he couldn't play in home games, and the Nets basically decided as a team, you can't play at all or practice at all with us until you know that's resolved. So, um, so he basically you know released some some crazy statements, um, and he is not on the team <laughs> basically right now. Uh, so Brooklyn has um, James Harden and Kevin Durant. So I think that they're going to be pretty much fine. Um, however, that, you know, 35 million that they have hit against the cap that Kyrie yeah, Irving is holding you up. Get, you want to get production out of that. Yeah. You want to get production out of like 30% uh, of your salary cap. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how this one is going to be resolved. My guess is that somebody blinks at some point. Um, probably, I don't know. I, Here's maybe the problem. Kyrie decides in January to get vaccinated. I don't know. Here's I, the I problem. I really it. don't know. It's not Kyrie and the team. It's Kyrie and the city of New York. Like, right. It's not, it's not the, so the team has said, and, and like fair, the team is saying, you know, regardless of like whatever the, the, the argument may be about like taking the vaccine, like put that aside. The team is saying, um, look, you can't fully participate. So you're not a full, until you're a full participant, you can't practice or play with us, which seems like a fair, reasonable thing. If you can only play in away games, you're not a full participant. Like, so, um, you know, whether, and whether they're doing that to try to like, I guess, um, like sort of nudge him to get vaccinated, uh, maybe, 
but it's it's the city. It's not even you know until the city mandate changes, um, then it, it seems like in it, so it's it's not Kyrie in the Nets. It's Kyrie in New York. Right. Absolutely. And and San Francisco and Los Angeles have similar right uh, laws in place and the. Um, Andrew Wiggins on the Golden State Warriors was a holdout on the vaccine and he eventually got vaccinated um, very recently so that he could play with the Warriors. Um, and I don't think that there are any problems with the, the Clippers or the Lakers. Right. So, Not that I've um, seen, no. Yeah. So there, there's other um, places where this is, um, you know, cities, right? City laws where this is in place. Um, but Kyrie Irving is a unique person. Um, with unique views on the world. Uh, well, you know, the, the, the flat world as he thinks it is. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, I have no idea how this one's going to resolve itself, but it, it's um, dramatic, I guess. <laughs> um, well, they're paying him. He's, he's and, making and his paycheck. Yeah. And they're right? paying him. Yeah. So is, yeah. am I, am I right on that or is he not? Now that, now well, that, he, just, that he, came out loud, that that um, now that I said that out loud, that sounds like it's not right. He was going to for, uh, forfeit the the home checks, so I, I believe maybe they're just paying him half. Okay, um, because he's technically uh, didn't fit the requirements to play the home games, so maybe they're just they're um, paying him half his game checks. Maybe that's right. Um, don't quote me on that. Don't fact check me yeah. on that. Um, but you know. He doesn't seem to be so mad about the money. Um, on the other hand, um, money does seem to be a, a fairly large motivator for um, the Sixers, my unfortunate Sixers, um, and Ben Simmons. Um, so just to go back a little bit on this, um, as Tim and I talked about when it happened, um, the Sixers blew the Atlanta series, um, and Ben Simmons famously passed up a dunk to pass it to somebody else uh wide open dunk to pass it to somebody else uh under the hoop at the end of game seven um he was very deeply into um what we all call the yips um that series and probably a lot throughout the year um and basically told the team that he wanted to move on um find a trade go to somewhere else a a fresh start uh, as it were um and it's deeply complicated because he's a um, talented player who is a several time all-star who's at his lowest possible value where the team is not going to trade him for, I don't know if they're even getting uh, 25 cents on the dollar. Um, so uh, that one is a bit complicated. And so they could not find a trade. They haven't to this point traded him. Um, so they began finding him uh for missed practices, missed meetings, missed preseason games. Um, it got up to like 1.4 million. And then in, in a comical George Costanza-esque uh, move, he just showed up to the preseason game last week. They didn't know he was coming. He just showed up a couple minutes before the game was supposed hey, to let's start. play, yeah. And just knocked on the door and was like, hey, I'm here, guys. Like, just like nothing had happened. Uh, you know, uh, as, as a surprise, I, I, I think that maybe that was a, a strategy of some sort. I don't understand what the strategy was supposed to yeah, accomplish. I don't know. Um, but he re has re got reintegrated with the team. Um, as far as I can tell, didn't ever address it. 
just kind of, you know, <laughs> went about kind of working. Um, like if you're at the office and somebody was like, uh, I don't know, uh, had, had a blow up, I don't know, had a, had a blow up in a meeting and then you didn't see them for a week and then they just came back and acted like nothing was, <laughs> nothing was different. Um, he just showed up and, you know, kind of went through the motions at work. Um, lackadaisically, um, definitely didn't want to be there, but, uh, the, the fines seem to, uh, get to him a little bit. Um, 1.4 million is going to get to anybody regardless yeah, of, uh, how, how much, much. <laughs> how much you've made before that. Um, so, and, in um, I, you know, it's tremendous content and it's painful to, to watch as a Sixers fan, but, um, he was uh, kicked out of practice today, Tuesday, um, for for a lack of effort. Um, you know, not wanting to basically practice at all. Um, yeah, and I think we we're talking about before he was he had a cell phone in his pocket during practice. Like he was kind of like uh, I don't know. Like he'll just run around, like jog around, like you know, like me at a kid's soccer practice, right? Um, you know, he's got his phone in his pocket. He's like just doesn't look like he wants to be there and, and they kicked him out of practice. So, um, and they suspended him for the first game. I, I couldn't imagine him playing in the first game anyway. Um, but yeah, so they suspended him. So that one has, uh, I don't know, even more comically become a circus. Uh, and I, I don't know. Uh, are you paying attention to this one, Tim? Like I, I heard it, about it. Is on there the anything? News. Yeah. Just like, that Doc Rivers told him to participate in a drill, and he basically said, "No, nah, I'm good." And then he's like, "Well, then you you don't have to be here. <laughs> like, right. get out of here." And yeah, so what is it? I think it was labeled conduct detrimental to the team, right? Um, and so uh, yeah, that that doesn't look like it's going to come to a clean conclusion anytime soon, right? And and you know, kind of deepening the divide even more uh the sixers star player joel and b was asked about it and he basically said i'm not here to babysit anybody if they don't want to play i don't care we're i'm gonna like i don't care about that uh we're just gonna play with who we have you know yeah. so um certainly seems like he's gonna sit out until he's traded and who would want to trade for him at this point honestly like he's acting like a child um uh, my children act a little bit more appropriately is he at the level where he can get away with that? No, I don't think so. I mean, Harden kind of showed up. Uh, you know, we talked about it last year. Harden showed up and kind of like lollygagged around a little bit out of shape and, you know, made things a little bit uncomfortable. And eventually they they traded him. Um, Anthony Davis did a similar thing in um, with the Pelicans. And they eventually ended up sitting him out um, the team told him to just sit down until they traded him and they traded him. Both guys got back a pretty, you know, a pretty good amount. Um, but they are certainly way above the level of Ben Simmons. And also those guys were, um, towards the end of their contracts. Yeah. Uh, where Ben Simmons has four years left on a max contract that he just signed the extension to last year. So, you know, I think there is, a lot of player empowerment in the NBA, but this is like to a level that is kind of like a little bit ridiculous. Um, and I, I, again, with the Kyrie thing, I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, I would assume that they would have to trade him at some point. Um, but I don't think the Sixers general manager, 
Daryl Morey is going to just blink for 25 cents on the dollar. Um, I think he's just going to like, he's just going to be suspended. Like he's just going to sit down <laughs> and be suspended until January and then they'll trade him then maybe. I mean, who wants them? I don't know. Yeah. Well, certainly a couple bizarre stories to start yeah. your year off. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, rein in the rant here so we can talk about something more enjoyable like NFL. Yeah. Um, but you know, Simmons famously said in, in one of the meetings that he had with the Sixers, like I didn't have a, I didn't have a chance to uh, fail like other first round picks on a bad team for a couple of years. Um, which, you know, is true because they competed, you know, he was out for the whole year, his first year when they were bad. Um, certainly he could have come back earlier that first year, but it, he wanted to uh, retain his eligibility for the rookie of the year. So he stayed out the whole year and got the rookie of the year next year when they had a great season. Um, but, you know, he seems to lacking that kind of uh, confidence or something in his game. Um you know, he obviously has, has pieces that are missing. So um, I don't know where I was going with that, but um, I'm kind of exasperated by the situation, but I cannot look away. So I must know minute by minute the updates of where people are, who's trying to pull the next, uh, uh, you know, one pull once over on, on another uh, side and, and switch the momentum here in this nonsense <laughs> so um yeah i will keep my i'll keep my eye on that for sure because it's crazy um because it's drama and it's tremendous content but i just like you bad. said the nba they they this is by far the most drama filled league yes uh, so. and, yeah and and somebody uh i forget who it was on twitter said that you know there's there's a reason why the nba is on um tnt the drama network and baseball is on tbs the comedy network um so they're just just quite a bit (laughs) different uh leagues there so um that's enough nba talk for now um let's uh let's go ahead and recap a little recap little recap week six all right let's recap it from the perspective of our picks yeah how'd we do um so i'll go with you first tim you had um let's see tim you had dallas minus four which i also had which came Ooh. through in overtime for both of us just snuck that one through yeah buffalo minus five and a half which did, did not, not tennessee beat them through. did not um tennessee beat them outright on monday night football then you had the rams minus ten and a half which was a lot of points and the rams cleared that and more yeah um ugly game by the giants by like 18 or something yeah um or more uh 28 yeah, I think it's more than ten to eleven. Yeah, so um, I guess let's let's talk a little bit about that Dallas New England game because that was probably one of the wildest games of the weekend. Did you watch that one? I watched uh, just about every minute of it. Yeah, um, I think Dallas is a for real team. They're they're something else. They they play they're playing good football right now. Yeah, and New England seems to be kind of like I don't know. They're very inconsistent, and I guess you'd see that with like a rookie quarterback. Um, you know, their defense played um, bad against Houston, and probably not so great here against Dallas. But Dallas is certainly their offense is on a completely another level. Yeah, um, this game should not. I mean, guess guess the yards, the total yards for each team. I think Dallas probably had five hundred something. Um, yep, and New England. I'm guessing they had less, like 350? 
Yeah, so Dallas had four hundred or excuse me, five hundred sixty-seven and New England had three hundred thirty-five. Wow. This game okay. was out of like should have been out of hand. The Dak Prescott fluke fumble um in um <clears throat> going to the end zone was was a big part of that. The fluke play that I mean, I, I didn't understand. Maybe I'm maybe I'm biased, but like I, I did not understand the fawning in the broadcast for that touchdown pass that that Mac Jones threw. That that ball should have been intercepted. Um, the one, the one, um, the the long one. To, yeah, uh, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah. yeah, that that ball's intercepted eight times out of ten, and I was thankful to because I was looking at it like, am I taking kind of like that um, that part in Zoolander where I don't know if you've seen that movie where yeah, oh, um, <laughs> yes, okay, definitely where uh, uh, Will Ferrell's character is like, it's the same look. I feel like I'm ta- like I'm taking crazy pills. I was <laughs> yes. watching the replays like I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. This is a terrible pass. And then later, Sunday Night Football is doing its like recap, and Drew Brees is like, "I don't know if I would have thrown that pass, but it worked." Basically, like, but it worked for him. So, like, yeah, I, you know, look, rookie quarterback not going to put up big numbers. Uh, that offense has shown that to be the case. Uh, Dallas probably should have won this game uh, by 10, 17 points, something like that. Yeah, that that. Uh... So in that sequence, Travion Diggs uh, got a pick six on Mac Jones. And then in the next drive, they did a double move on Travion Diggs um, and and got the wide receiver open. But the Cowboys safety took a terrible pass to the ball somehow. Ended up ended up smashing into Diggs instead um, as Kendrick Bourne caught the ball and and kind of ran 75 yards into the end zone. Um, So. Uh, then the Cowboys came back and kicked a field goal to send it to overtime. And the Cowboys just took, um, I think new England got it first, uh, didn't go anywhere. And, and the Cowboys went ahead and scored a touchdown for all of us, uh, that needed that, that needed minus four. Picks, yeah. Yeah. Needed, needed the, uh, needed the full touchdown there. So that was great. Um, Buffalo, Tennessee was was kind of a weird game on Monday night because it was just a lot of scoring. Yeah, a lot of um, back and forth. You know, Buffalo's defense by DVOA is the best in the league. Um, not that there's a lot of good defenses this year. Um, and Tennessee just kind of ran all over them, running their their offense, which is, you know, when they can start, when they can run the ball, they're really, really effective. Well, it um, helps to have popped off that 70-plus yard run early in the game. Um, so that that definitely contributed to it. Um, another one where uh, the team, I think, like again, if like this one was a little bit closer, but the Bills had over 400 yards of total offense. The Titans had 362, which is not bad. Um, it's just not 400 plus. Um, but yeah, certainly they they made plays when they had to. They they controlled the football, um, which was really impressive. Um, and at, at the end of the day, when it came down to it, they made the stand that they needed to, um, in the fourth quarter to prevent the bills from, from executing that fourth and one. Right. So the, the bills went for it and fourth and one on the three yard line, um, down three points. Um, what do you think about that love call it. there? Okay. I love the, yeah. I love the, the going for it. Well, actually, if I was really caring about my pick. Um, I would have rooted for the <laughs> field goal to go into overtime. 
so the Bills could win the toss and go down the field and score. Um, that would have been that would have been the best thing for me personally. Uh, but I yeah, I love it. Go go gain half a yard and you know, uh, slips and falls. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think maybe I like one of those sort of like Tim Tebow style, like shotgun uh, with a lead lead rusher kind of plays that, that they like to run over there in Buffalo uh, rather than the, the QB sneak. But you know, that's, that's just being that's semantics uh, nine times out of 10, they make that. And I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good call. Yeah. I mean, you have a six foot six inch giant of a quarterback who could fall, probably fall down and be longer than a yard. Yeah. Um, so, so you, you know, I, I think that's the advantage of having a running quarterback um, is that you can pick up those things more easily. And um, in this case they didn't and they lost the game. So I, I, I don't know, um, you know, I don't think it was necessarily a bad call, certainly a, a bold call um, and something that um, opens, you know, the Sean McDermott, that's our coach, right? Sean McDermott yep. up for a little bit of criticism, but how their season has gone, I don't think they should get a lot of criticism. Um, and looking at their schedule, it gets a lot softer. I think that they're going to be definitely. I, I still think they're the best team in football. Yeah. And DVOA um, football outsiders certainly likes them as the best team in football. So uh, I, I don't think this takes them down much. Um, you know, it's a way game outside of their uh, division on Monday night. You know, sometimes things happen. Yep. Um, yep I'm not right. worried about the Bills. Yep. So you went two and one. Um, I also went two and one. I, I got there in a different direction. I, I had Dallas minus four. Um, I also had Green Bay minus four and a half, which took a little bit, but did end up getting extra, there. But, you know, yeah. we're reminded that Aaron Aaron uh, Rodgers does indeed own the uh, the Browns or excuse me, the, the Bears. Yeah, so uh, I didn't see the video, but he after scoring a rushing touchdown late in the game, he he yelled that I I own you something like that to the crowd. Yeah. Uh, so do, have you heard the yeah. full story as he tells it? No, I have not. Please enlighten. So he scores on a play, by the way, that was eerily similar to the one that he did not score on last year in the playoffs against the Buccaneers. Um, it was like a a pass where he scrambles right. He pump fakes and he, you know, however many eight yards out runs in and he gets into the end zone and he says that he saw a woman in the front row giving him the double, uh, giving him the double birds. Uh, so that's why he said it, (laughs) which is like, that's hilarious all the way around. If that's, if that's really true. So nothing, nothing a little like a little, um, you know, uh, Midwestern hospitality yeah. there in Chicago. So um, Green Bay does get home. They were the better team there. Yep. Um, I'm happy with that bet. Um, and I had, um, you know, all, all season I've been kind of a doubter of the Chargers and I swung 100% uh, the other direction and I went Chargers plus three and they got, they got, they got boat raced yeah. by, uh, by Baltimore in the resort. Sure good, man. That wasn't very really close to, at all. At yeah, point. I was... I was very surprised, um, not necessarily that that the Ravens won because they were favored, but just that that the Chargers didn't score anything. Um, I, you know, obviously they had some of that regression on their fourth downs. Um, they had been getting fortunate on their fourth down calls. Um, they've had good calls and good plays, obviously, but that's not going to work out every single time. So no. um, they had some regression there. Um, but, uh, you know, just another one that's like, you know, the Ravens might be, um, you know, 
knocking on the door of the Bills. I don't think they're quite up there, but the making the AFC uh, kind of playoff picture look a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, and we all so on the pod, I said I was going to go for Pittsburgh in in Survivor, and I switched as I texted Tim later in the week. I said I I'm in on Indy. Oof, um, boy, good thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I changed it over to Indy. Um, it was good because Indy's game was close, but eventually they pulled away. Um, and uh, Pittsburgh's game was not with Seattle, and I'm glad I didn't have to sweat that one. Um, but they won anyway. So um, in, in the end, all of the all of the favorites I think uh, co- uh, covered, and definitely all of the um, all of the survivor picks won, unless you went with somebody like. Miami or Las Vegas, right? Which would be, or uh, Miami or Denver, which would be a bold move, but you know, uh, I guess uh, that's just what just what happens. Um, any other games this week you want to talk about? No, uh, I think no. that's a good, no. good, uh, good summary of what happened last week. Um, on to on to the next. What do we got on, coming up? On to the next. On to the next. All right, let's um. Let's let's talk about Survivor first, I think. Yeah, um, all right. Because this is a very interesting Survivor week. I don't have a pick yet, so I'm going to do it live here. Um, there are four, um, well, four if you count Green Bay favored uh, at home against Washington by nine and a half. Uh, four double-digit um, favorites here with a week that is has six teams on bye, which is the biggest bye week right. of, of the year. Um multiple fantasy teams I have are struggling to fill out a uh, starting lineup. So that's unfortunate. (laughs) Um, But we got the Rams favored by 16 over Detroit, Tampa Bay, 13 over Chicago, Arizona, 17 and a half over Houston and green Bay, nine and a half over Washington. All of the favorites are at home. Um, All the favorites are not on Thursday, not on Monday, not, uh, and not within their division. Yeah. So we, we got some primo uh, things to pick from. Obviously, Tim, um, looking at your survivor list, you have picked the Rams and the Cardinals there. Yep. So um, those two are so out. Those two are out. So what are, you, what are you looking at there? So I have, let's see, I'm, I'm kind of going through it here. I've picked Cincinnati. Uh, not that I would pick them. They're at Baltimore. Um, and I picked Indy. I wouldn't be picking them this week anyway. Um, Cleveland, Rams, and Arizona. And I picked someone else, but I can't uh, remember who it was at this point. Um, nevertheless. You, you picked New England when I Oh, New England, five. right. Yeah, I forget I forget about that one. Okay, so New England. So I am I have a couple couple thoughts here. So um Will is is uh Christian McCaffrey playing? No, because he's on IR. He's out right, for at least so another two weeks. I don't think we can trust Carolina at the Giants. No. no. Um, and perhaps when Christian McCaffrey comes back, they have a Miami uh, in you know week twelve, something like that. Right. Um, also Atlanta week. Atlanta. 14 they have Atlanta yeah. in two weeks uh, and in week fourteen. Um. I don't know. <clears throat> so that was one option. And I think we'll throw that out. Another is Baltimore. Um, at home against Cincinnati. Played well. Cincinnati kind of kind of scares me a little bit. Um, yep. 
I think that they're capable of playing with Baltimore for sure. So I wonder if Baltimore is better served later on down the line, assuming that you get there. Um, so my thought right now is that I'm going to go, I'm going to pull the trigger on Green Bay. Um, they have Washington at home. And here are Green Bay's opponents the next, after this week, uh, the next one, two, three, four, five weeks. They go at Arizona, at Kansas City, home against Seattle. Russell Wilson could be back by then. Um, at Minnesota, home against the Rams, bye. So the next time I think that the Green Bay is feasible to be used is week 14 at home against Chicago. And then after that, it's at Baltimore, home against Cleveland, home against Minnesota, and then you wouldn't really think about them as like a sure slam dunk again until at Detroit week 18. So I think it might be now to, to use uh, use the Green Bay card. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, if, if um, Tampa Bay is a good one to hold back, in my opinion. Right. Um, so you've taken the Rams in, in Arizona. Uh, so Green Bay, I think, is a good pick here. Um, Washington hasn't generated much, and I think this this is the right thing to do for you for your for your path. I think that makes sense. I think for yeah for my path, like in terms of future value, like Baltimore, I I would feel comfortable with Baltimore sooner. Say at Miami in week ten, or home against even Minnesota in week nine, than I do with. Uh, Cincinnati, I don't know Joe, Joe Burrow. I think is a very good quarterback. I think I think it's a scary team. Um, so I don't know. It's uh, we're getting down to that point. Like I'm, I'm happy that I have uh, Tampa Bay left. I'm ta- happy that I have Baltimore left. I'm happy that I have Kansas City left, and I'm happy that I have. Um, uh, why can't I think right now? Um, where uh, let's see, Ball, uh, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, um, KC, and there's one other team I'm I'm spying. Oh, uh, Dallas, Dallas, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Dallas Chargers, Buffalo. I'm glad I have all those teams. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't see them. They're on by. So yes. um, I feel like those are some of the best teams in the NFL um, outside of you know Arizona and the and the Rams. So. I, I feel like I'm okay using Green Bay, which is one of the better teams this week, um, simply because it seems like at home against Washington, they really, they really should be able to pull that pull that one off. And I don't think I'm gonna, I'm not really interested in using them for another seven weeks. Yep, yep. And in uh, like, I, let's say I can hold on to the Chargers until that week. They're hosting the Giants, right? You know. Yeah. So presumably. I can I can make that work when I would have picked them. I can make that work uh, with someone else. Right, and I have kind of the opposite problem because in two of mine, I have already picked the Packers and the Cardinals, um, so that that rules those two out for me. Um, so that leaves me the Rams and Tampa Bay, and I definitely want to hold Tampa Bay. Um, so I'm probably going to go with the Rams on that path. Um, and I have another path that has, I have taken the, 
let's see. None of them. None of them. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals, I think, there. What about, um, like, New Orleans going out to play the Seahawks on Monday night? Uh, well, uh, again, on Monday night, the Seahawks played well on Monday night. I don't know what to make of New Orleans. I don't either. Um, yeah. yeah, it's tough. I They are coming off a bye, obviously. Um, New Orleans or, or Seattle is not. It's... I don't know. I, I can't trust New Orleans enough to to th- trust them to win at this point. Um, maybe if it gets down to the nitty gritty, like later in the season, um, and I need to take them at home against Miami or something, I, I might have to hold my nose and do that one. Um, but by then, Michael Seattle's, Thomas will be back, presumably, and yeah. that's a whole different scenario then. Right. And, and somebody on one of the podcasts I was listening to was making a point about this is like, you can kind of set up your path, what you think you can do, but the the games look so much different, even a couple of weeks later, right? Like um, all of a sudden Jacksonville looks a little bit more frisky, right? Yeah. Um, and all the, you know, two maybe, weeks ago, I, I would tell you no doubt I would be taking uh, Carolina. Right. Right, exactly. And so, you know, somebody could have a, a cluster of injuries, right? Cleveland doesn't look as good because of all of the injuries. Um, right. So uh, all of that kind of, you can you can plan out your path, but you really have to go week by week um, just to see what happens. Um, and just survive, right? Survive. Um, all yeah. right, so let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, all things being equal, no survivor on the line. You have these four games, the Rams, hosting Detroit, Tampa Bay hosting Chicago, Arizona hosting Houston, and Green Bay hosting Washington. Which team is most likely to lose outright? In your opinion. Uh, so Arizona hosting Texans. What were the yep. others? Buccaneers. Green Bay hosting Washington, Tampa Bay hosting Chicago, and the Rams hosting Detroit. All double-digit favorites. The Rams um, at 16. Arizona at 17 and a half. Bears. So who's, who's, I, I think the scariest of those four team games is for the Buccaneers. The, Bears played, the, Bears played yeah. some pretty ferocious defense. Like they, they can't really move the ball, but you know they certainly kept that game against Green Bay within striking distance. Right, and I and I think the highest possible top limit that Chicago is able to play uh, could you know could could surprise Tampa Bay, you know, they're they're They have a high variance because of their rookie quarterback. You could like ball out and throw a bunch of long bombs. Um, so I actually agree with you on that one. Um, and yeah. I guess another reason I'm not taking that one, even though it's a 13 point um, advantage there for Tampa Bay. The other, the other, and I, I, the other game I sort of toyed with, and I'm not so sure um, it's the right move. And let me see in terms of survivor that is, um, what about San Francisco? So San Francisco is playing Indianapolis at home, who, at home, Indianapolis, who has played know, two, put strung together two pretty nice games, right? Carson Wentz looks a little bit more healthy. Yeah. Um, San Francisco still starting Trey Lance. I, I, I have to kind of ignore them. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't do them as long as Trey Lance is, is yeah. playing quarterback. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so that that's kind of it for the Survivor. Um, I think this is an interesting week because it's short on games, but but long on double digit favorites. So yes. it's a very interesting week. Um, I wonder if they will all sweep like they did this week, or we'll see some we'll see some some upsets. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully it'll be not great. Washington. It'd be great to knock out everybody but us. Right. right. That's the plan. Uh, <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm in favor of that. Okay. All right. So let, let's do our picks. Pick uh, time. We'll, wrap, we'll wrap it up with pick time. Play the pick time music. <clears throat> um, so go ahead and give me yours to start. Okay. Um, let's start with... Um, I will go... You know, I, I give me to start the Raiders minus three hosting the Eagles. They they played a a really nice game, um, and uh, they they seem to have rebounded well from the internal uh, problems that they had with with the firing of John Gruden. Um, and maybe this is one of those things where they're going to come together. And we've already seen that they have um <clears throat> they, they've got some talent um the eagles have have struggled they just traded their tight end um so i'll i'll go with uh the raiders minus three there that one is not <clears throat> on my list but that one i like that i like that pick that makes sense to me okay go ahead give me your second one um i also like the rams to absolutely crush the lions um in the are we calling it the jared golf bowl is that <laughs> the jared golf the, or, or like, yeah whatever you know this is one of those this is one of those games where i think the rams uh you know again re, just kind of put down put down their foot and 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 win um and, and they did show last week that against um detroit to my chagrin because i had under 48 and a half they are still willing to put the foot pedal to the metal even when they're up big so. <clears throat> right and then so that's, a, that's a minus 15 for you there yes i'll tell you i'll i'll lay those okay. 15 all right um and then um just as just as we were uh chatting about it um give me as an upset pick the colts um to to beat the 49ers i'll take the three and a half points, but I don't think we, I don't think we're going to need them. Uh, I do like the way that the Colts are playing. Um, kind of just want to throw that out there. What you thought about the 49ers or survivor pick, but as long as Trey Lance is the quarterback, um, the Colts are starting to figure things out. It looks like um, I like the Colts in that game. Yep. I have Indy plus three and a half is one of my picks too. Okay. Um, I, I think San Francisco is a good team, but again, um, rookie quarterback they haven't shown the ability to kind of uh move the ball consistently with him um indy looks like a you know rushing running powerhouse um with their good offensive line and carson wentz is healing up a little bit um i think they win this game outright and i i will also take the the three and a half there okay um so i you know i struggled with the lines a little bit this week because there's a lot of um a lot of big lines, um, as we talked about, and then also kind of some some games I didn't really tr- I didn't really trust. Yeah. So um, the one I'm going to look for the updated line here is that I was going to go with the 
um, and I'm not seeing it. Cincinnati Baltimore uh, game, and it, it looks like it's moved down, which maybe I should I should take as a sign. But I'm going to take Cincinnati and Baltimore over 47 points. So I like that. Um, I, I think Baltimore we know can score, and Cincy's offense has looked much better. They have three talented wide receivers, um, and Baltimore's defense has been better. Um, but they have shown in the past the ability to to give up the points. So I like uh, that. I think, yeah, it's like a 31-24 yeah. game or something like that. Right. I mean, a 24-24 gets you to 48. So if it's, you know, 27-24, yeah. that, that gets you over. So I think that's quite possible um, for these two teams that are, are quite familiar with each other um, in, in the division. Um, big game um, at 1 o'clock. So the other one I'm going to take, we talked about this a little bit in Survivor, but I am going to take um new orleans they are now uh what are they minus five points okay i I put down it must have moved um which it moved in the um opposite direction maybe i should take as no it didn't okay good um i just copied it down wrong so new orleans is minus five against seattle um the geno smith experience we saw uh, the good and bad of geno smith um but seven years ago yeah, <laughs> with the Jets. Um, uh, I think New Orleans coming off a bye, playing Seattle. Um, I think they take this one by by a touchdown. So that's why I'm going to go with 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 that one. I like that pick too. It's I, that one ultimately scared me a little bit. Um, I like you had the the guts to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, I, I, I like how you tell me you wouldn't pick that, but yeah, well, guts, guts or uh, stupidity, one way or the other. Well, we'll um, find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll find out. Um, all right, so that covers our picks. That covers our survivor. That covers um, all of the sports. It's October. It is king of the months. Yeah, so this is it. It all about. happens here. Um, so we need a topic. Unless you have anything else, we need a topic for our. Um, our get out of here uh, line. So what are you what are you looking forward to? Uh, man, I'm just gonna keep watching these uh, these baseball playoffs. Um, you know, uh, as we've as we've talked, it looks like the Dodgers came away with a with a win. Uh, so they're now down two to one. That becomes a more interesting series, depending on what happens here. This Red Sox um, Houston game is a two to one game. Red Sox currently winning the bottom of the fourth. It's the bottom of the fourth inning it's 9 45 oh my goodness i just what time did this game start eight my goodness oh no there's been three runs am i like behind nope nope is the graphic wrong like that cannot possibly be the fourth inning holy Uh, cow it's the bottom of the fourth yeah oh my goodness wow these games are ridiculous um anyway you know this has been a fun fun game to or excuse me fun uh series to watch just with all the runs that have been scored um you know kike hernandez for the red sox is just playing absolutely inspired baseball it seems like he can't he he can't do anything but get hits so uh that's been a fun game to or fun series to watch as well so i'm just gonna keep watching them how about you what you same thing or you got something different lined up well, I, I think uh, of all the things that is certainly the most um, impactful. Um, you know, the the NBA is starting up as we talked about. We've got we got NFL football, we have college football, 
we have baseball, but I think um, I think the most important piece is that the baseball playoffs, and I hope both of these kind of get tight. Uh, yeah, so we can I'd see, like to see some see long some, series. Yeah, we can see some game six, game sevens. That would be yeah, stretch um, us into the weekend here. Yeah, that would be great. So, all right. So keep your eyes glued to the baseball playoffs and keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. Sounds good, man. Dude, like how how do people watch these games? Like people are are at this like game, they have to go to work tomorrow. (laughs) Well, I I, I probably talked about it on the pod, but I I, you remember that Yankees Red Sox game um, where. They, it played so long that the, the train stopped running. Yeah. Like a bunch of people couldn't get home. <laughs> they were still there. Oh, my the, goodness. The, the, tea, the tea had stopped service. Yeah. It was, it was like gone so long. This one is going to be one of those. Like, well, the, thankfully, the tea runs a little later these days. But still, uh, like, okay. they, I think they run until 12, or actually, 2.30. Each one runs until Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Uh, but still, like, my goodness. I, I, I mean, we've been talking, so I haven't really been paying attention to, like, I have it on, and I'm, like, I've known the score, but then I just looked at fourth inning. Yeah. It's gone for two hours now. Astros have already had three pitching changes. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. I, I don't know if it is like it, it used to be the Red Sox were like the team that uh, always took a bunch of pitches, and, you know, back in those days, they had a bunch of pitches. So yeah. Know.